0: We're back. We are back in the Alaska Watch studio back from Tennessee from the Gatlinburg Bigfoot Conference and uh, we're going to we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about our uh, experiences impression and impressions of the, the conference and Gatlinburg in general and I have uh, Mrs. Legume aka the old lady in the studio with me and she's not going to say anything
1: hi everybody you just have to give me a chance
0: <laughs> I'm gonna have to like start pointing to her when I talk um, so what what's what's it like being back in Alaska after being in 100 and plus degree heat
1: it was so hot every day even though we lived in Kentucky for a couple years after we got married and I go back to visit I always seem to forget about how oppressive the heat and humidity can be on an Alaskan <laughs> But it was, um, I'm glad we went. I'm looking forward to going back, perhaps a different time of year when it's not so hot. Um, but I thought it was lovely. You know, I've always wanted to see the Smoky Mountains. Now I can say I've done it. Um, but let's go again when it's not quite so hot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, much like Mammoth Cave, <clears throat> you know, I lived, what, like two or three hours from the Smoky Mountains and. Never, never went, you know, and we go there and I'm like, I tell people like, oh, we're going to go to the, we're going to go to the Smoky Mountains. We're going to go to Gatlinburg. And they're like, oh, have you been before? And I'm like, no. And they're like, you can't believe it. They're like, what? You know, because most people that, you know, a lot of my friends, they go there, they recreate, they go on their honeymoons and stuff like that. Like everybody's gone at least, you know, once or twice and I'd never gone. And this was our first time. And. I didn't really know what to expect. I kind of had an idea, but I didn't really know what it was all about. I'd never, I'd never gone there. Um, and from what I understand, <clears throat> you know, because we're, our time was limited there. Uh, you know, we spent a lot of time in Gatlinburg and then we had a nice um, Airbnb up on uh, the mountain or a mountain. I don't know if the mountain we were on had a name and we had a really nice view But uh, we didn't really, you know, get to spend any time in the National Park, in the Smoky Mountain National Park. I understand there's some awesome trails and some great scenery up there. uh, But because of our schedule, we were just kind of like, we got to, you know, we got to go. We we had to be in town. And we did a lot of walking in town. And after (laughs) after that.
1: (laughs) I have to stop you. Okay. There was no way we were hiking in 102 degree weather. You're deluding yourself if you think either one of us would have survived hiking in the national park in that weather.
0: (laughs) I think I I could have done it. I just needed to stay hydrated. But I couldn't have done that and all the walking and stuff we did in town. It would have to be one or the other. Um, I mean, you got to figure town is going to be hotter than than the woods anyway because you're not going to have you don't have the the cover the tree cover in town and you got all that concrete like reflecting the heat back and forth Uh, but in the woods it's always cooler in the woods
1: (laughs) there's also a lot more moisture in the woods which means more humidity (laughs) I didn't stop sweating for the four days we were there It was just nonstop sweating. And, you know, we don't have air conditioning in Alaska because we have such mild temperatures. And what people don't realize when you're not used to air conditioning, it's a shock to the system because we keep our house at 70 degrees. So when you're coming out of 95, 100 degree weather and you come into a place that's set at 70 degrees on air conditioning, it feels like it's 50. Like you're freezing. I don't like air conditioning.
0: (laughs) yeah well i i don't know i was there for a few days before you so i was a little bit used to it and i had done some um i'd helped my cousin with some like manual labor stuff and well let me let me correct myself i say manual labor like literally it was like a pickup truck load or less you know like maybe like a couple of dozen things the most probably weighing 40 pounds that i helped him load into a truck and um that was, you know, that about got me. We went to somebody's house and was helping him. He was, the guy was moving and he was giving some stuff to my cousin. And uh, at one point, the guy that's moving, he was an older gentleman. He looks at me and he calls his wife in the kitchen and he's like, get this boy some water. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm assuming I probably looked like I needed it.
1: <clears throat> I think you had a pretty good description for Gatlinburg. I'm going to let you say it because it was just too perfect.
0: Well, I, because we came in through, oh, that's great. That's awesome. We came in through uh, pigeon forge or you, you guys did too, right? Yeah, we did too. Yeah. So just to clarify you, she went and spent time with her sister and then came to Gatlinburg with her sister. And I had spent time with my family and came in. So we, we got to Gatlinburg separately <clears throat> and we came in through pigeon forge and I'm driving through pigeon forge and that place is, I mean, it's there's stuff everywhere. There's all kinds of like tourist attractions And then when you get to Gatlinburg, it's kind of the same, but everything's a little bit more condensed. Like in in, in Pigeon Forge, I feel like you have to have a vehicle to get from place to place because everything's kind of spread far apart. There's kind of like a, a main drag where like all the buildings and stuff are. And then you get to Gatlinburg and everything is kind of within walking distance. And there's that main strip there where people are walking. And it reminded me of like Las Vegas, kind of like a redneck Las Vegas. And it also like i didn't think about it but it's also i guess a lot like branson missouri um they remember that king of the hill episode where they go to branson and they're singing blue moon of kentucky and, yeah yeah so it kind of reminded me of branson a little bit where there's like a bunch of uh attractions and stuff like that to go to they're all kind of uh, country themed uh, i didn't really i don't remember seeing any like concerts or anything though it was all like like attractions and and like museums and rides and stuff there wasn't really any like concerts though like branson is known for
1: well they were singing live music at the distillery but i don't think they have um i think the space is kind of prime real (sighs) estate so i was expecting a little bit more of a quaint town i didn't realize how geared they were towards tourism now i did look a couple places up before we got there but i was expecting almost like our small town feel with just a little bit more activity. I mean this place was so busy, so crowded and anything you could think of they had. I mean it was just shop after shop after shop. It was totally like Las Vegas or um uh, maybe even a larger version of Atlantic City at the boardwalk there in Atlantic City, but I was surprised about how busy it was. Um, and I think a lot of the people are tourists from the local area you know, as Alaskans, we have to fly everywhere. So we're used to traveling great distances, um, exploring all over versus I've noticed people in the South have a tendency to only explore about four to five hours outside of their home. So I can see how Gatlinburg would be a prime destination for a lot of people in Kentucky, Indiana, you know, the Carolinas. So I think a lot of the people weren't local locals, but they were from the South.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um. I I was kind of taken aback by a little bit how tourist trappy it was. Uh, A lot of stuff there kind of seemed like it was designed to separate you from your money and, you know, and, and some of it, you know, and I'm not saying it was necessarily a bad thing and I always kind of feel like I'm lucky uh, when we go to places like that and I always feel pressured because I know like I have a limited amount of space to take stuff back with me we're only allowed two suitcases and a carry-on and the suitcases can only weigh so much and then we've got to take our merch and stuff for the for the conference so i'm always you know i'm always thinking like oh man that's really cool that's really neat i can't get that back home you know like there's no way i can get that so it really helps me curb my spending (laughs) because being so limited with what i can take back so um it's always uh, nice to go to those tourist traps and know that I'm, I'm kind of insulated from, from being uh, uh, separated from my money uh, for, for things that I don't really need. Although it is nice to pick up a souvenir, you know, here or there. And I got a couple of things that I, you know, think are kind of neat and unique. But uh, yeah, I was really surprised at the amount of uh, traffic, the amount of foot traffic. Uh, like you, I want to go back, but I want to go back maybe in the fall when it's a little cooler and maybe less people I don't know um <clears throat> didn't seem to be a ton of children running around that's a plus yeah on the streets or in the conference uh now when we went to crypticon in lexington there were a lot of kids uh and the uh, what do you the mountain monster guys were there but they're kind of, they're kind of you know a big draw for kids uh but this one i man I don't recall really seeing any kids. I'm sure there were a few, but it really seemed like the number of like little kids uh, was a lot less than other conferences I've seen. And even just like walking up and down the streets in Gallenberg. I don't remember. I mean, I see, you know, a few here and there, but I don't remember seeing a lot of kids.
1: Well, you know, I had a theory for that. I think a lot of people who have kids are probably going to go towards uh, Pigeon Forge. There's a, the water parks there, some roller coasters, I think a little bit more kid activity. And Gatlinburg was quite expensive. Um, from the Airbnbs to the hotels, it averaged anywhere between, you know, 150 to $350 a night on average. So I think a lot of times people are probably not going to want to spend that kind of money to bring their entire family and then have to also pay for all the expenses of getting into different places. So I think it's a little, it's like Las Vegas, you know, it's for older, you know, a little bit older people, not old, but older.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we had, <clears throat> we had Friday to kind of explore Gatlinburg and we didn't, you know, we left uh, the Airbnb and we went uh, into town, but we didn't really go anywhere outside of town. We kind of stayed in town, um, we didn't explore Pigeon Forge really at all other than driving through it. Um, and then, you know, parking was an issue. Uh, we ended up like having to find a parking spot, uh, on Friday where we could kind of pay. And, you know, then you had, you had to leave the car there all day. You couldn't really come and go. And that, you know, that's not something we're really used to dealing with. And, um, so we were kind of limited in where we wanted to go there, just there on the Strip. But we really, we actually saw some really cool stuff. We went to the uh, the Ripley's Aquarium. We took your niece there. Uh, we went to the Ripley's Museum, which honestly, I think the one in Atlantic City was probably a little bit better. Um, the one in Gatlinburg, it seemed like it was um, it was a little bit more spread out. It was like multiple floors. And I don't think the attractions were quite as interactive as the one in Atlantic City. But this is also like, post COVID too. And I was a little bit more like, I'm not touching that. (laughs) I do remember seeing some interactive things, but I was just like, I don't want to touch that. You know, everybody's been touching that. Uh, so maybe that might've had something to do with it, but it seemed like I I remember more like fun things to do at the Atlantic city Ripley's where you could like walk through that tunnel that was turning and stuff. And that, that seemed like it was a little bit more, um, fun and interactive than the, the Gatlinburg Ripley's, but the aquarium was really cool, but you could buy tickets, uh, to get in like all the Ripley attractions and they had like a haunted house. We didn't go in that, but your um, sister and, and niece did. And then they had um, some kind of car museum there that we didn't get to go into. That wasn't, I don't think that was a Ripley's attraction though, but uh, there was a, there was some cool stuff there that I'd like to go back and check out. And we just didn't have the time to, to get into. Um, I wanted to go to uh, smoky mountain knife works that uh, fun fact that knife over there. See that? swiss army knife over there in the corner with bigfoot on it i actually ordered that from smoky mountain knife works so that actually came from uh there that that area and uh, i've always wanted me and my dad used to get those catalogs all the time the smoky mountain knife works catalog i always wanted to go in there it's supposed to be like the biggest knife store in the country maybe and uh we didn't get to we didn't get to go we didn't have time
1: well you should have said something we would have made time (laughs) you have to point these things out but we had some good food too. What was that place we had breakfast at? The pancake the pancake,
0: Fa- pancake factory.
1: That was really good, um, and you can tell it was popular. There was a line the whole time we were there, um, and then we went to what was supposed to rated the highest steakhouse in the area, and I think um, I think it deserves the rating, the Alamo. So yeah.
0: Well, fun fact: we were standing in line at the pancake factory. We we're the last people in line, <clears throat> and. Um, I'm standing there I'm facing the building and I hear you go oh hi Seth and I turn around and here comes Seth Breedlove and the small town monsters crew walking up and uh, they stood in line behind us and well no they actually got to go in before us because they were a smaller party or something and um so they got in and got seated before we did even though they were in line behind us and uh that that was funny because you recognize I I don't even know like I wasn't paying attention I was oblivious you know I'm just wanting to go in and get food and you saw him walking. I'm surprised you recognized him.
1: Um, he's pretty recognizable, I think. I mean, he dresses a unique way. And, you know, that hair of his, you know, is pretty recognizable. So, I don't know. I've seen him plenty of times at <clears throat> conferences. And then also, you know, in his documentary. So, I recognize him. No problem. But he had been there multiple times and made some recommendations. You could tell people who had been there before all said, oh, make sure you go here. And then, oh, make sure you order this. So, um. You can tell people seem to enjoy Gatlinburg and I really enjoyed it. You know, I just think I want to try it a different time of year and um, definitely explore the park more, but I don't think I could have hiked in that kind of weather. No way.
0: (laughs) Well, the um, steakhouse we went to the Alamo steakhouse, we're in the steakhouse, like waiting on our food or maybe just getting ready to order. And uh, one of my buddies from, Kentucky had texted me and was like, oh, you know, I love the Alamo Steakhouse. It's my favorite. And I like send a picture of the menu. I was like, this one? <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, it was, uh, it was good. It was really good food. Um, you know, a lot of wait times, though. No matter where you go, you know, you, you're probably going to wait for food.
1: Yeah, that's pretty normal for touristy areas, though, especially when, you know, they're quite busy. So we're kind of used to that, you know. Basically, when you're starting to get hungry, go ahead and go to the restaurant because you're going to be waiting 30 to minutes to maybe even an hour for your food. So I think we're pretty experienced when it comes to to travel. We know don't wait till you're starving to start looking for food go get food like i i ordered that pizza the moment we arrived at the airbnb i was finding a delivery place for pizza before you even got there because i knew when you arrived you were going to be hungry <laughs> and the pizza was was there what right after you or right no right before it was you there when
0: i got there yeah mm-hmm. yeah well, that reminds me of that time we were in vegas and we wanted to go to the buffet at that was it de blagio or yeah and we get there and we wait 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 and the line's moving and we waiting and, wait and we wait and we wait and I'm starving. Like I'm shaking. I'm so hungry. And I find, I think we're at the end of the line. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like just around that corner is the buffet. <clears throat> and me and some other guy, like walk down and turn and look down the corner. And the line just keeps going as far as the eye can see. Like there's no end in sight. Like, I think it went down and turned another corner. And I was like, I, we have to go somewhere else like i cannot wait this long to eat and we ended up not getting to eat there <laughs> so so it's stuff like that that you're like that's that that's it's trained us as to, to find food and uh, well, when we went to the alamo steakhouse they said they said it was gonna be an hour and a half and we ended up only waiting 45 minutes but uh yeah i mean you you've got to you've got to like plan those things you've got to plan for to get food in advance of when you're going to need it (laughs) because you might not be able to get it when, when you need it. So yeah, that was, that was, that was a, that was a good meal. Uh, I'm glad we went there.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a great steak and really good dessert. We took key lime pie to go. You had cheesecake to go and I had it for breakfast the next morning. It was so good. I love key lime pie, but, um, and then I think my next favorite spot was probably the old smoky uh, distillery. I really liked that place. You know, it was, um, you can tell it's popular you know people if you go you have to go to the old smoky distillery it is kind of you know touristy but um man is it good moonshine and i don't actually really like alcohol especially hard liquor um and i enjoyed pretty much every flavor we tried and well um, to, it was to good. be
0: to be fair to
1: be fair
0: that's not real moonshine
1: well i know because the first <laughs> one we had Remember, she said this is pretty much just to wake you up. That was pure moonshine. That was strong. Yep. I I need the candy flavored stuff.
0: Nobody drinks moonshine because they're like it's so good. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> drinks it for the taste.
1: Yeah, they just want the effects. But um, no, I like the f- heavily flavored uh, moonshine. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> the tourist moonshine.
1: Exactly. It was good though.
0: Yeah. Oh, it was. And well, what? It, so let's tell people what what's going on. So you go in. And um, it's a distillery where they make moonshine. And I I mean, it's just, it's a huge store. Like we didn't even look at all of it. We only looked at like a quarter of it, I think. Like there was like two corners of the room or of the building that we didn't even go into. And a live band. And you walk in and they have this little station set up. And they have bartenders and uh, they give you samples. And it costs five, you give them $5. And they give you. I don't even remember how many. It was many, nine. Was it nine drinks? Yep. I didn't think it was that many, but they give you samples, and it, but it's in a, it's not a shot. It's literally like a thimble. It's just enough to get the taste of what you're drinking. It's not. It's not a shot glass. If it was a shot glass, you know, most people have to be carried out of there. So it's just a little thimble. They start off with the real moonshine that tastes like paint thinner. And then um, they give you they give you two shots that are pretty strong. Well, I say shots, but I mean thimbles. They give you two drinks that are pretty strong, and then they start giving you the more um, palatable drinks, uh, like the flavored stuff. They had like watermelon and uh, the Java bean and the apple pie and uh, what else did they have?
1: White chocolate strawberry. White chocolate uh, strawberry. limoncello was really good. Yeah. Um, blue raspberry which is like jolly ranchers so is the watermelon it just tastes like someone dissolved jolly ranchers in moonshine what it tasted like and there was another one that we had that oh banana banana pudding i actually really enjoyed that one but we could only take so many so much back <laughs>
0: yeah again we we're, we're you know faced with like well we can only take so much back we still ended up buying like six six of jars
1: i could have easily bought a dozen Just pretty much every flavor I tried, I enjoyed, but, um, we were, we were limited on space, but the great part about it is you pay $5 to try these samples, to figure out what you want, you know, what flavors you like, what you don't. And then they give you a coupon for $5 off if you make a purchase. So basically you get your money back if you buy something.
0: Yeah. So we paid $5 each to do the tasting. They gave us $10 in coupons. So basically the, the tasting didn't cost us anything. Uh, and then we bought so much that they gave us a cooler, <laughs> a little like soft-sided cooler to put the stuff in. Um, <clears throat> we ended up, I think the stuff that we opened while we were there, we ended up like leaving with your sister. Mm-hmm. And we ended up bringing um, only like three of the six home or something. We brought back four of six yeah. and we
1: gave one away as a gift.
0: Yeah. And um the, the strawberry, I think, was probably my favorite too because you like you said it tastes it tastes almost like strawberry milk like it it's it's dangerous like i don't think the alcohol content is like that crazy i think it's like 40 proof or something so it's not (laughs)
1: Not that crazy it's only 40 proof (laughs) well maybe not even that but you're right i don't think it was super high because i was able to drink quite a bit over ice and only feel like pleasant i wasn't you know yeah you can drink a lot it is dangerous
0: yeah and I think we've still got a thing of apple pie up there that I'm kind of.
1: Yeah. And kinda, Java.
0: Yeah. Oh, is there?
1: <laughs> yeah. There's Java up there oh. too. <laughs> oh, you got excited. <laughs>
0: I'll try We'll try and save it. We got company coming. We'll try and save, save some for them. But, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the distillery and I like, I could have looked around a lot more. There's a lot of stuff we didn't even see. There's like, there was, I'm sure there were flavors on the other walls that we didn't even like see. And, um, that was, that was a, that was a cool experience. Um, <clears throat> I'm not, I mean, I know basically how moonshine is made, I mean, but you could real. they had books and stuff like you could get into the history of it. Um, there was all kinds of stuff there, you know, even if you're not into drinking the moonshine, if you're just interested in like bootlegging and, and, uh, what they call them like moon runners or something like that, or shine runners and, uh, stuff like that. That's how NASCAR got started. Did you know that? No. Yeah. They would, um, build these cars these uh race cars and they would run the shine in them they would they would drive from place to place sometimes they would you know black out you know and drive with no lights on so that the law wouldn't see them or catch on and uh, that's kind of how some of the the first like stock car races came about they were racing their, their shine cars well that i knew the shining.
1: i know the duke boys did it <clears throat> yeah <laughs> i remember that in their show um no, it was it was a lot of fun, and you can tell they want you to enjoy your experience. They had um, windows into the distillery, and you could see it at every stage. Like, from beginning to end, they showed you every single stage, what it looks like. You can smell it to the, what's that called, mash or something? Yeah, the mash. You can, you know, smell it, and um, they had some great deals. You know, we bought six jars, and we got one jar free, we got a cooler, and we got two cases of, like, margarita mix, too, they gave us. So we got a lot for our money.
0: Yeah, I forgot about that. I didn't. I didn't get to try any. It's like bonuses. Yeah. They like
1: they'll, they'll walk you through it. They're like, if you buy this <clears> many, <throat> you get this. If you buy this many, you yeah. get this. And that was
0: the, that was the old Smoky Distillery. Now there's other distilleries because I noticed your sister had bought some from a, di- a different place called like Sugarland or something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even see that place. I don't know where that place was.
1: It wasn't that far away. Like it was on the same strip.
0: Mm, we probably wa- walked right by it and I didn't notice it.
1: Yeah, I think if we plan on going in the fall next fall, not this fall, like we're thinking, then we'll definitely be able to take our time walking. It won't be as hot or oppressive and we won't have any commitments. So we were, we were there for a convention. So, um, and anything outside of it was just bonus, but we were there to work.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, speaking of the convention, so this takes us, you know, we, we walk the, the streets of Gatlinburg. We, we saw the aquarium. We saw Ripley's, um, We almost died from heat exhaustion. We, you know, I I packed uh, six six bottles of moonshine back to the car (laughs) in a hundred degree heat. I remember you saying something like, "Oh, I hope they don't. I hope they don't explode." And I was like, "Oh, they're not going to explode." And then, like in the back of my mind, I'm like, "What if they do explode?"
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. So that was Friday night. We had the option to set up. So. We parted ways, you know, my family went on to the Airbnb and you and I went back to the vehicle to grab our merch. And we have learned from previous <coughs> conventions to put your merch, if you're going to walk it at least, in your rolling suitcases. So it's not so hard <laughs> to get it there. I know.
0: I got I to gotta give us props. Like if anything, we learn as we go along and we adapt, we adapt as we go and we've almost, I'm I don't even, I, I dare say it, but we've almost got it down to a science where we know how much of what we can pack in a suitcase. Um, we're still working, I think, uh, where we could probably use some uh, improvement It's probably with the numbers. It seems like we always bring too many t-shirts and maybe just a smidge too many books. But uh, I think there's some other stuff that would probably, we could probably like get some more stickers and more, more smaller things that would probably sell uh, we just have to design them and make them, uh, that we could probably, you know, save some space with and some weight. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we've got, we've got two suitcases, all the stuff that goes on our table, all the stuff we sell, you know, our tablecloth, like basically our entire operation breaks down in those two suitcases. They're on wheels. Uh, you know, they gave us instructions as to how to get to the conference center to set up. And I was a little... I was a little confused by the instructions.
1: A map would have been nice, I think. Yeah.
0: Well, that and I I didn't understand like literally you could drive off the street into this little parking garage area underneath the conference center and drive into the conference center like right next to the to the room where the vendors were, stop, unload, and then I guess pull through and come out the other side or something. I didn't realize that. I didn't know like that's necessarily what was going on by reading the instructions. So we walked uh, down in there. And I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal, really. And we ended up not. I mean,
1: I think that was actually yeah. better for us, because once you drop the stuff off, one of us would have had to have taken the car, found a parking spot again and then walk back. And, it, you know, it made more sense for the, you and I to walk. We were we were nicely parked. Yeah.
0: Well, that and we had, you know, two suitcases it wasn't on wheels it, it it was probably more efficient, like you were saying, if, if one of us would have had to, you know, go and move the car, put it God knows where, you know, then walk back from God knows where, you know, and then help finish setting up. And I think the way we did it was probably the most economical way to do it. Plus, I mean, we didn't have that much stuff anyway. It's not like we were some of those other guys that had, you know, these big, huge displays and stuff like that. Everything literally fit in two suitcases. So we, we had it. Uh, we had everything set up friday night or yep. friday friday afternoon like late friday afternoon and uh, that was kind of a relief like just knowing that okay in the morning we just walk up we come in here we're ready to go we don't have to worry about setting up we don't have to worry about finding our spot which we had a little bit of trouble finding our spot too and i guess that's something else uh you know every time we do one of these conferences i always kind of remark on how how the um how the uh um <clears throat> The organizers how organized they are and uh so we we're, we're walking down this uh this entryway with our suitcases and there's a man standing because i'm like okay you know we're gonna have to check in somewhere probably and there's a man standing at the end of the of this uh what is it a entryway here you know for it's for cars and we're walking with suitcases And there's a man standing there and he's got on uh, like a security uniform. He's armed security. He's got a gun. I'm thinking, okay, you know, we're going to have to like tell this guy who we are. He's going to check us off a list and tell us where to go. Uh, Literally, I think we could have walked past that man and not said a word. And I don't think he was going to stop us. I, I think I said like, is this where the vendors go for the conference? And he was like, oh yeah, over there somewhere or something like he didn't care. <laughs> he did. Cause I'm like, okay, well maybe that's not the person that checks us in. So we keep going. Uh, we get inside the building eventually. We're just wandering around at this point, like two people off the street with suitcases. I don't, you know, we don't have our last Watch shirts on at this point. Although I think I might've had my, um, I might've had my black rifle Bigfoot shirt on, but still that's not an official uniform. <laughs> and we're just wandering around inside this conference uh, building with these suitcases. I mean, it looks like we just got off the airplane or something. And I don't think not once to anybody like, Hey, who are you guys with? Or we didn't get checked in. Nobody like stopped us. Nobody asked us where we needed to go. Uh, I found our table by purely by just like wandering up and down the rows and uh we got set up again. Nobody, you know.
1: I didn't see a single staff member the night before.
0: Yeah. No nobody uh, you know, said anything about it. And I thought, well, maybe you know, in the morning when we come in. And again, we came in the morning of the conference. Did we go in the same way? Yeah, we yeah. did. Walked in the same way. This time we weren't carrying anything. I mean, we literally looked like a couple of people walking off the street. Again, nobody stopped us. Nobody questioned us. Nobody asked for our ID. Uh, We walked over to our table. We sat down. We waited for the conference to open. We started doing business. Uh, Again, you know, the conference opened. People started walking in. You know, the conference started happening. And later on in the day, I think it was probably like, it was almost around lunchtime. When I start looking and I noticed some of the other vendors around us have these yellow um, bracelets on. And I think I asked one of them, I'm like, did you, did you get that when you checked in? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, well, we need to go check in. So, cause I'm thinking like, I didn't, I mean, at this point, like the conference was almost half over with, I think. And I didn't want there to be any problems. Like maybe when we like start to break down or like if one of us had to leave the building, I didn't want anybody to have a problem getting back in. And, um, so I was like, why, well, you know, I should probably go check in. So I go up to the this uh, window they had open, <clears throat> and I ask this this girl working at the window. I'm like, "Hey, um, is this where we're, the vendors are supposed to check in? Because I never got like a bracelet or anything." And she goes, "Oh, well, that's that girl's problem." And points to this other girl that's like walking away. Uh, and she hears her and turns around, and is like, "What? What do you need?" And I was like, "Well, I'm a vendor, and I never got like checked in. I just need to make sure." And she's like, "Oh, I'll." Uh, she says, "Do you want me to bring your bracelets by?" And I was like, "Well." yeah, you know, I said, does it really matter? I mean, I just don't want to get kicked out or anything. And she kind of like shrugged and walked off. And then it was, I don't know how many hours later <laughs> she came and brought us bracelets finally. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it wasn't a big deal. Nobody gave us a hard time. Nobody tried to kick us out or anything, but, uh, I was just a little surprised at how, I guess, uh, unofficial, uh, everything was, and I think if it, if I remember correctly, what? No, we actually did check in at Crypticon. There was, but it was at the front desk.
1: There was a clear yeah. place to check in because there was really only one entrance to that building. You came yeah. in. There's people sitting at a desk, and then they had lanyards for us and everything with yeah. our names on it. These didn't really have any uniqueness. Pretty much, the vendors just had. I think it was the
0: same ones that the maybe the VIP people got.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, and yeah, there were no lanyards or anything, which is fine. But um, but yeah, it was a little weird because I was actually more concerned about if we don't check in. What if they say, oh, they didn't show up, and then they won't let you come back? <laughs> like when you apply to, you know, for a booth the next time, they'll be like, oh, those guys never showed up. It's like, no, we did.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, there were there was an empty booth um, across us to the right, and one right directly behind us and i never looked at the um, the uh, map to see who it was supposed to be i don't know why they didn't show up and at some point somebody came and got the tables and took them away
1: they had the tables cleared before the conference <clears throat> even started so they must have known they weren't coming or they said if you're not here by this time you basically you're you can't set up yeah they probably don't want people setting up in the middle of the the conference but i think from the moment the conference started when the doors opened it it got busy. Like, it seems like it was busy almost immediately. Like they were getting people in.
0: Yeah. Well, and one more thing on the checking in process real quick. Like after we left, after we had set up and left and I was thinking about it, about how that armed guard, like, didn't, didn't ask who we were or like, didn't check us in or anything. I'm sitting there, you know, we're back at the Airbnb and I'm like, is that building just like, can anybody just walk in there and start going through the, the, the vendor booths and stuff? Like, is our stuff going to be okay? Is anybody watching it? You know? Cause, but I mean, it was fine. We, you know, I don't think we, we, we weren't missing anything, everything looked just like it was when we left it. But you know, I'm a worrier and those are the kind of thoughts that go through my mind with stuff like that, especially with security and stuff like that. Given my background, I'm always thinking about stuff like that, but it was just kind of, it was just kind of weird how there didn't really seem to be any like official like, You know, what are you doing here? You know, are you supposed to be here? I mean, I felt like anybody could have walked in off the streets and just started doing whatever, you know, as long as they weren't tearing shit down or destroying anything, they probably could have, you probably could have walked by a table and filled your pockets and walked off.
1: I bet it would have been more difficult if you came from a different part of the building, but because we came from the kind of hidden, you know, underground I think they weren't really worried about it they figured if you can figure out how to get through to here from there you probably know you should be here because people aren't just gonna wander down that scary freaking ramp down into the darkness
0: you think that
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was fine it worked out fine well let's talk about the the day of the conference itself
0: yeah so the what was it it was like nine to seven mm-hmm. uh, the doors open at nine. Pretty much as soon as the doors start, I mean, you can tell when the doors start open because you just hear, you know, you can hear them before you can see them. And the people just start coming in. And, you know, you always get the people that walk by and, and look and and you can tell, you know, they'll be like, oh, I'm going to come back later. And, you know, I'm going to come back and look at this. Uh, you know, you see a lot of the same vendors. Remember, we saw the, the couple that we um, had met in uh, Lexington. Mm-hmm. And was that, that was the lady that was like, She came up and she's like, I had no idea who you were until I saw you on TV. I didn't know you were.
1: (laughs) Well, she said she saw you on TV. She was watching like something Bigfoot with her mom and she recognized you. And she goes, oh, my God, that's the guy um, who had a booth next to us in in Lexington. Like she she recognized you because she bought your book in Lexington abandoned. And then her husband bought some stickers from us. Cause he, I think he does the design. So he liked looking at the different designs. And then this time around, she, um, she bought your second book, you know, Squatch Cop. So, and she's like, I saw you on TV. I couldn't believe it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, you know, so you see, you know, some of the same people and, uh, you know, we saw, a uh, Russ Accord, from uh, Expedition Bigfoot we got to talk to him a little bit before um, the conference started and uh, it's always good to see him uh, we saw uh, I met for the first time Sean Forker and uh, Baker from the Sasquatch Experience podcast I've been on their podcast before but I never met them in person so that was kind of cool but you know it's just a it's a one day it's a one day event uh, it's only from like nine to seven and of course you know having a a booth, uh, where I'm selling books that people want signed. It's hard for me to get away from the booth sometime. And, uh, I don't, you know, I don't, I didn't quite get to hang out with everybody like I wanted to. I went and hung out with uh, Seth and Alex uh, Pettico for a little while, but, uh, for the most part, I stuck around the booth as much as I could, uh, during the day. Cause you know, I want to sign the books for people. Uh, but yeah, I had a, I had a good time. And, um, uh, I noticed I, at one point I got up to go to the restroom and, uh, I was walking into the, the restrooms were where the uh, speakers were and I walk in and Alex, uh, Petticov was speaking and he was talking about, uh, the cabin at area A <laughs> cause he'd, you know, they'd gone out there this, uh, uh, summer and done some filming. And it was kind of weird walking in and see it. Cause I saw the picture and I'm like, I know where that is. And then I hear him talk about it. Uh, so that was kind of, that was kind of neat. And uh, I hope uh, I hope the people got a got a kick out of that here and that the speaker hall looked almost full when I went in there and he, he was talking, and you could tell like when the speakers would, when a speaker would go on, you know, because the crowd would kind of thin out and then they'd have little breaks where people would come through. But uh, what were your impressions of the the conference?
1: Um. So I think now this is my fourth, fourth conference. And it's amazing how none of them are ever perfect, but I guess, you know, that's pretty much impossible. Um, I liked the setup. I thought the, the tables were separated nicely, but still close enough to where there weren't large gaps. Um, I liked the fact that the speaker booths were right next to everyone else's booth. They weren't in a separate room. Um, and we could not hear the, from the speaker room, it wasn't carrying over, so we didn't have any kind of overlapping back and forth that was annoying. So I thought the setup was great. Um, the informal check-in was a little weird. You know, I've never had we've never had it to where like you didn't have a little more formal check-in process. But um, and then they had food um, right there in the main area, so we were I was able to pull away and get us some grub. Um, so no, I really enjoyed this one. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, there were big rushes of people during the breaks. um, And I felt kind of bad because I think sometimes um, there were so many people that people felt obligated to move more quickly from around the booths than, you know, maybe, um, you know, a lot of people, or maybe they're just looking for a particular thing. So they weren't really, you know, doing more than a, you know, quick glance. But, um, and then we have people who want to talk to you, which is fine. You know, that's what you're there for is to, you know, network and to talk to people. Uh, not just about your books, but about Bigfoot. But um, a lot of people have a tendency to linger a little too long or when someone else comes up to the booth that might be interested in something, um, they wouldn't really move to the side temporarily and then continue the conversation during a lull. So um, I could tell some people wanted to like talk to you or maybe ask about the books or some of the stuff we had on the table, but they couldn't quite find a moment to break in to the conversation so i think a lot of times people need to realize that you know yes you're there to talk to people to discuss things but you're also there to raise funds so you can continue research
0: (laughs) (laughs) true yeah it was there were some interesting conversations had but again you know there there's there was a couple of times where i was talking to somebody and i could tell there was somebody behind them or off to the side that kind of wanted you know, or they would be like pointing at my book and then like talking to their, whoever they were with and they would stand there for a few minutes waiting for a chance. And then they would wander off. And then in my mind, I'm like, oh man, you know, like, did I, did I just miss a sale? Or are they going to come back? You know, I, which, <clears throat> you know, I try not to make, it's not about the money really, but at the same time, it kind of is, especially when you travel that far, you know, it's nice to make a little bit back, you know, to justify the trip, and to put into the coffers, but, uh, man, there were some cool stories. Uh, I got to hear, uh, there was some stuff about, um, you know, Bigfoot dog and dog man always comes up to Bigfoot conferences. People always want to talk about dog man. Um, people always want to tell you about their own encounters and, uh, you know, that's great. And that's what, you know, like the Sasquatch, Sasquatch experience guys that they had a whole, you know, that was their, their, that's why they were there was to collect encounters and, um, I think they got some, in fact, they just put out a podcast, uh, yesterday or today, I think where they talk about the encounters they collected during the conference and I haven't got a chance to listen to it yet, but, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and I'm going to count and see how many that, that they, um, talk about that I heard myself from people at, at the booth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't mind, um, interacting with people and discussing, you know, what goes into some of the stuff that we've created, But for me, you know, I'm more interested in just being your support staff. You know, I'm there to help you and assist you. And I like seeing the new places and meeting new people. But I'm not quite as interested in uh... (laughs) the... (laughs) and what people have to tell me (laughs) but um hopefully that doesn't sound too bad but sometimes I can hold my own okay just because of you know what I've learned from you and watching some of the same stuff you watch when I'm in the same room but um a lot of times people start talking and it goes over my head I'm just like if you want to talk about Alaska I'm your person if you want to talk about orbs um I might not be able to help you so much (laughs) but um but no i mean people i thought were really nice we had some nice people come up to the booth um it seems like everyone was having a good time so i think this conference was uh was a success
0: yeah yeah uh i know we're we're kind of trying to do like a little circuit so we did lexington we did gatlinburg and i'm thinking I want to try something like maybe the Mothman festival and in, in West Virginia or something like that. I want to try and do one more that we haven't done yet. And then maybe we can kind of say, okay, well let's go back and do Crypticon or Let's go back and do, you know, Gatlinburg, uh, you know, kind of weigh the pros and cons of each and decide which one we want to do. Uh, really the only con that I have against Gatlinburg is that it was only one day and it seemed like it, it died down pretty early compared to some of the others. Um, I think it, we were at Crypticon. We made sales during the last hour. I think we even made a sale, maybe made a sale or two while we were tearing down uh, Gatlinburg. I don't think we made any sales in the last two hours.
1: Well, what was weird too is the <clears throat> the paperwork we got from the you know the conference said that you're not allowed to shut down prior to it stopping at seven PM. So I was like, okay, like we're not allowed to take anything down till seven. Everyone around us started tearing everything down about five thirty. And then finally about six o'clock we're like, we're the only one that's like not tearing anything down in our row. I mean people had their stuff Cleared away completely by six o'clock and we hadn't even started shutting down, which it doesn't take us too long But I was like, "Where can going be the only ones left and no one else was walking around really So we were like, okay, I guess we won't get into trouble if we go ahead and shut down too
0: Yeah, well, I kind of think I think that's kind of a Well, I mean it's a written rule that you're not supposed to break down early But I think everybody everywhere does it i've kind of noticed that so far It seems like nobody pays attention to that rule and um Honestly, you know, those guys that were tearing down, I mean, they, I mean, they've probably done it a lot more than us and they're probably like, okay, this is it. You know, there's, it's, it's done. And they, they were right. I mean, once they started tearing down, I don't think we sold anything else after that. And uh, I know we stayed, you know, kind of stayed in place till it was like six ten or six. I, it was a couple of minutes after six. I think when we started tearing down, of course it takes us, you know, 10 minutes. You know, all we, the, the most, uh, you know, complicated thing we have to do when we're tearing down is to fold the tablecloth, you know, it doesn't take us that long. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, we were tore down we were back at the, at the Airbnb by like 645.
1: Yeah. I think a part of the problem is, is they had a speaker on at, um, six and the speaker wasn't going to end till the conference ended. It was kind of weird timing. Well,
0: well it was, um. Uh, Q&A. It was a Q and a with all the speakers. Yeah. So I think everyone that was on the floor, all the shoppers basically went in there for that. Um. Maybe if we, I don't know how long it went uh, Alex, I think told me it went a little, it ran a little long. So maybe if we'd hung around till after that, maybe we might've made another sale or two, mm. but I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. It, it seemed like pretty much after that it was done.
1: Yeah. I think maybe they should have ended the Q and a then. Um, before the end of the conference so that way you know last minute shoppers had an opportunity to shop but having the q a go at the same time the booths are like getting ready to shut down i think maybe wasn't very um cont- you know helpful for yeah. shopping but oh well
0: yeah and my only other criticism of the conference which is my criticism for most conferences is that i wish it was the the vendor area was free for everybody and then you just pay to go in and see the speakers Uh there was so much foot traffic outside. If even, you know, ten percent of those people came just wandered through, uh, they would uh they would their numbers would have been astronomical for people walking through. I I wish and I've seen a couple of conferences where they do that, where the vendor area is free for everybody and then, you know, to pay the the paid areas where you go to see the speakers. And um most of them have, you know, they just don't have the venue set up to where they can do it like that, where they have that separation between the speakers and the guests or the vendors. But, um, I think, I think they could probably do it there if they really, if they, if they really tried, all they would really need, uh, is just some more of those, uh, those barriers that they had, you know, they had those barriers set up, um, for the lines for the speakers. All they really need is just a couple more of those uh, set up and somebody checking badges, you know, to give people access in there to the speakers.
1: Well, when I went into the speaker room to use the restroom, I actually had a gentleman stop me and ask if I needed help finding a seat. So they were at least observing people, like trying to help people find seats. So they could have totally turned people away. Um, if they didn't have wristbands to see speakers, if they were just walking the floor. But yeah, I was kind of surprised when we first learned that, that basically members of the public weren't allowed to just come in for free. They had to pay a minimum of $25 for general admission. So my sister, brother-in-law and niece wanted to come to the conference and they didn't care about seeing any of the speakers. They just wanted to see the stuff on the floor and kind of see, you know, us work. Um, So that means she paid $75 to come in and for my niece to get a little Bigfoot plushie and, um, you know, walk around and kind of say hello to us. So I felt kind of bad. I was like, man, you know, they paid that money just to basically be there for an hour and for my niece to find like a Bigfoot, you know, toy she wanted. I was like, uh, that's not very, I don't know. They need to encourage people to be involved in the Bigfoot world, not, you know, turn people away by saying there's a price to this. But oh, well, you know. I still I would still go back, you know, to the Gatlinburg conference.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think um I think we'll probably definitely head back to Gatlinburg as tourists at some point and possibly go back to the fest or the conference. I wanna um check out Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg and I don't know. I wanna check out the Mothman Festival at some point, even if maybe if we have to go there as tourists, but I kinda wanna I wanna I wanna do a couple more conferences in that part of the world and um, then decide which one we want to do again. You know, it's, it's fun because it's a conference and you get to go and work the conference, but it's also, you know, there we both, now we both have family in that area. So uh, it's a good excuse to, you know, do some traveling and uh, see a part of the world we haven't seen before and hang out with family members. And
1: well, I think that's the babies telling us <laughs> we need to stop because yeah, they're barking.
0: There's, There's probably a moose in the yard or something. They're trying to scare him off. So anyway, that's our uh, hot take on the Gatlinburg Bigfoot, or no, I'm sorry, the Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Conference in Gatlinburg uh, that just happened this last uh, July, 2022. And uh, we will be back here in the Alasquatch studio here pretty soon. Uh, We got, uh, like I said earlier, we got some company coming this week. So maybe not episode Uh, Next week, but the one after definitely will have something for you.
1: Only if my sister, who's visiting from Mexico, has something about the chupacabra. But I don't think (laughs) she's seen the chupacabra on her daily hikes there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think chupacabra is more um, Cuba, maybe the Bermuda area. Um, Yeah.
1: Hey, and if you were at the conference and you're now listening to the podcast brand new, uh, thanks for uh, joining the community. I hope you enjoy uh, the older episodes and episodes to come. And if for some reason you didn't pick up merch at the conference that you're interested in, make sure to visit our website, alasquatchpodcast.com, and pick up Beans' new book, uh, Squatch Cop, and anything else that tickles your fancy.
0: Yes, yes. I always forget to uh, to pimp the website when I get on, when I'm signing off here. Uh, most of the time we do a, a wrap up like this for most of the conferences we go to. Uh, otherwise I generally have some kind of Alaska themed content, uh, to go on here. Uh, occasionally we'll talk about something out of Alaska or a different state, but most of the time I try and keep it Alaska themed, uh, talk about Alaska issues, uh, stuff like that. But um,
1: Well, if you want something in Alaska, let me put it like this. The Smoky Mountains were beautiful, but I couldn't help but think they should change the name from Smoky Mountains to Smoky Really Big Hills. Yeah, <laughs> Ours are a lot bigger.
0: I, I made a post on Instagram when we got to the uh, bed and breakfast and I was looking and I'm like, I took a picture and I posted it to Instagram. I'm like, they call these mountains?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everything's bigger in Alaska, including the mountains.
0: That's right.